0: Hey everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Tamale Maker's Daughter podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Schimmel. And on this episode, we're going to talk about one of my most favorite ghost stories of all time, which happens to be the story of La Llorona. But I'm also going to talk about the history behind La Llorona. So stick around. Please be aware that this episode contains some topics that may be triggering to some, including the topics of murder and suicide. So, your discretion is advised. Like many Mexican children, I grew up listening to the story about La Llorona, which is Spanish and translates to The Weeping Woman. Although the story of La Llorona is commonly heard around Mexico, it's also heard around some parts of Latin America and even some parts of the southwestern United States, each having its own varying versions of it. But we'll get into that a little later in the video. But first, I want to talk about the most commonly known version of La Llorona, which happens to be the same version I heard about as a kid. The legend of La Llorona goes that, a long time ago, in Mexico, there was a uh, did y'all hear that? I must be losing my mind. Okay, anyways, where was I? Oh, yeah. The legend of La Llorona goes that... I said t- t- I'm t- All right, who is that?
1: It is I, La Llorona.
0: La Llorona, uh, what brings you here? I want to be able to say my side of the story. Uh, sure. I'll- Just, the floor's all yours. Just please don't haunt me. Long ago, there was a woman named Maria. Maria was an indigenous Mexican woman from an impoverished family. She was known as one of the most beautiful women in her village. Maria had many suitors trying to woo her, but none of them met her standards. One day, a wealthy and handsome nobleman rode past Maria's home and he noticed how beautiful she was. And from that day forward, he decided that he was going to do everything in his power to win her over. So he showered her in gifts and gave her a lot of attention. And before he knew it, Maria fell head over heels for him. And they were madly in love. Soon after that, kind of like a fairy tale, they got married. And after that, Maria got pregnant with two of his sons. The wealthy nobleman built Maria a house in the poor village, and he was willing to live in the poor village despite coming from a higher social status. However, the wealthy nobleman's father highly disapproved of this relationship because it was not socially acceptable that somebody from a higher social status marry somebody from an impoverished family. That kind of stuff just didn't happen. Because of this pressure, Maria's husband started to get more distant to the point where he was only paying attention to his sons and little attention to Maria. And so, Maria and the nobleman's relationship became more estranged. One day, the nobleman disappeared, and Maria was left wondering where he may have gone and why he may have left her. Years went by until one day, Maria and her two sons went for a walk in the woods, and from afar, she saw a carriage. She recognized a man in the carriage. It was her husband. She saw another woman in her husband's arms. Her husband had remarried a woman with a higher social status. The carriage approached them and the nobleman only seemed to pay attention to his two sons. He was actively ignoring Maria throughout the whole exchange. Deceived and heartbroken, Maria became enraged due to her husband's infidelity. In a fit of rage, she grabbed her two sons and carried them, only to drown them in the nearest river. After the horrific incident, she realized what she had just done and remorsefully took her own life in the same river. According to legend, when the Yorona spirit arrived to the gates of heaven, God punished her to roam earth until she found her two children, for she had just committed the ultimate sins of murder and suicide. It is said that whoever roams the woods may catch a glimpse of La Llorona as she appears in the grimy white dress and the rebozo she was buried in. Some say her eyes are hollow and as dark as coal. Some say that her face appears to be a skull. Many have reported hearing her wail for her children, her cries. Often repeating the same phrases i meaning, Oh, my children, or Don't meaning, Where are my children? It is also said that if you hear her loud wails, that she is far away, but beware, because if you hear her wails faintly, that means she is closer than you think. Some say that she lures and seduces men in a siren-like manner, only to drown them. Unfortunately, the encounters with children are much worse. It is said That if she finds a child she will kidnap the child mistaking them for her own only to send them to a watery grave. La Llorona is a vengeful and malevolent spirit and it is said she is doomed to roam the woods and creeks and nearby rivers. (sighs) So I'm back. So uh yeah that's pretty weird that La Llorona wanted to narrate her story in third person. Uh, but she agreed to not haunt me, so we're all good. Anyways, let's get to the history behind La Llorona. La Llorona similarities can be found in Amerindian and Iberian culture, Hebrew and Greek mythology, and they can even be found in German and Irish folklore. While the origins of the legend of La Llorona are uncertain, Some sources have connected the story to pre-Hispanic roots. Some scholars have suggested that La Llorona comes from a mix of both indigenous Mexico and Spain. There is a lot of symbolism within the story of La Llorona. For instance, the symbolism in the story of La Llorona can be compared to the dynamic between the indigenous Mexican people and the Spanish conquistadors specifically an indigenous woman named La Malinche or known as Malintzin in the Nahuatl language. La Malinche is the indigenous Nahua woman who from the time of 1519 until the fall of the Nochtitlan in 1521 served as Hernán Cortés' interpreter and advisor. She was later baptized by Catholics and named Marina by the Spaniards. La Malinche being La Llorona and Hernán Cortés being the wealthy suitor. Hernán Cortés forgetting about La Malinche as soon as she was not useful to him anymore. La Malinche is considered to be a powerful icon who is understood in various and often conflicting aspects. On one hand, she's viewed as a symbol of treachery for her role in helping the Spanish conquer Mexico but some also view her as the mother of modern Mexican people as she bore Cortez's son, Martin. Martin being one of the first mestizos. Mestizos meaning people of mixed European and indigenous American ancestry, therefore La Malinche representing a symbol of forcibly mixed race people. It should be taken into account that La Malinche is also viewed as a victim. As many scholars have pointed out, that La Malinche may have been kidnapped or sold into slavery between the ages of 8 to 12. La Malinche happened to be one of 20 enslaved women given to the Spaniards in 1519 by the natives of Tabasco. Scholars have also noted similarities linking La Llorona to an Aztec goddess in 1509 Tenochtitlan, according to Nahual accounts mentioned in the Florentine Codex. The Florentine Codex is a 16th century encyclopedic work on the Nahuatl peoples of Mexico, compiled by Franciscan friar Bernardino de Sahagún. The information in the Codex was compiled through interviews from indigenous groups. The goddess in question is Cihuacoatl. She is the goddess of motherhood and fertility, and also watched over women who had died in childbirth. Did I mention she was also half woman, half snake? Yeah, creepy. It is said that the goddess abandoned her son on a path. After some time, she went back to find her son, only to find a sacrificial dagger. She cried so much that her tears filled the waters of Lake Xochimilco. Filled with regret, she would haunt the area, searching for her son. The goddess is described to be a demon and an evil omen who appeared in white. In the Codex, Reciting is described to be the sixth of ten omens foretelling the conquest of Mexico as this encounter took place ten years before the arrival of Hernán Cortés and the Spanish troops. Weird. The quoted text from the Codex goes, The sixth omen was that many times a woman would be heard going along, weeping and shouting. She cried out loudly at night, saying... "'Oh, my children, we are about to go forever.'" Sometimes she said, "'Oh, my children, where am I to take you?' That is spooky." So, there are many variations of the legend of La Llorona. Sometimes, Maria specifically marries a rich ranchero or a conquistador. In the Guatemalan version, she has an affair with a lover She later becomes pregnant, but due to the illegitimacy of her child, she drowns the child to hide the infidelity from her husband. In the Venezuelan version, the woman dies of sorrow after her children were killed by either her or her family. La Llorona has also been the subject of a famous Mexican folk song. While the origins of that song are also a bit uncertain, it was popularized in 1941 by composer Andres Genestrosa. It is often performed during Dia de los Muertos celebrations, or in English known as Day of the Dead. She was mentioned in a 19th century sonnet by Mexican poet Manuel Carpio. So, whatever variation of La Llorona you may have heard growing up, I think we could all agree that that is one creepy-ass morbid story you could tell a kid before bedtime. I mean, sheesh. Alrighty well that's my little story and I hope you enjoyed it and if you did please leave a like and subscribe and maybe even share this video. Oh and a big shout out to my partner Ruffin McCoy he provided his musical skills to this episode by lending his interpretation of the famous folklore song La Llorona and I'm going to provide a link to that song in the description below and I will see you on the flip side. Bye! She was later baptized by Catholics and named Marina by the I was about to say the Sopranos. What the fuck? <laughs> Where are my children? Oh, my children.